Welcome to the My Canine Coach Podcast, a show that coaches dog owners on how to achieve their ideal lifestyle with and for their dogs. You'll hear from canine coach Dana as she breaks down actionable dog training protocols, explores current dog training trends, and shares insights from her own experiences owning and working with dogs. Now, here's your host, canine coach Dana. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the My Canine Coach Podcast. I'm your host, canine coach Dana, and I'm joined by my silent co-host, Loki, who is my bohemian shepherd. So the other day, Aslan sent me a message asking if I would cover a topic. So that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) But I wanted to read you her message first. And hopefully I said your name correctly. I apologize if I completely butchered it. Here's her message. Hi, I don't know if this is too big of a topic for a podcast episode, but I would love to hear your thoughts on a daily routine for dogs, like a schedule from when they wake up until they go to sleep. We have two Australian shepherds, and I just want to make sure their needs are being met during the day while we're working. But everything I see online is back-to-back enrichment activities involving food. They would be a thousand pounds if we did that every day. LOL. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) I love your approach slash page, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the topic. So two Australian shepherds, good on you, girl. That's a lot of energy and intelligence. Um, But there are a couple parts to this question. And so let's break down what she's asking. And the first one is, what is an appropriate daily routine for her dogs that ensures that their needs are met with specific emphasis on what she could do or provide them while she's working. And then the second part of her question is, what are enrichment activities that she can do that doesn't involve food because she doesn't want to lay the pounds on her dogs uh, just to keep them mentally and physically satisfied daily? Which I agree, like I'm totally with you there. A lot of enrichment activities do involve food, which if you're constantly doing those, yeah, your dog's going to gain weight. So. Let's first start by actually defining what enrichment is or what she means here when she says that she's looking to meet her dog's needs. Depending on the breed of dog that you own, they all need some form of mental and physical outlets that meet their genetic needs. So for example, herding breeds have been purposefully bred to be genetically programmed to seek out chasing and corralling type of activities. Bully breeds are genetically programmed to want to use their mouth, uh, more specifically to bite things and hold. Terrier breeds are predisposed to want to hunt things or dig. And I could go on and on and on here, but the point is whatever breed or combination of breeds your dog is, your dog has ingrained within them these genetics that propel them to seek out certain outlets. And when they do get to experience these outlets, they experience great satisfaction. Their brains get dumped with dopamine and serotonin and epinephrine, all of which are happy chemicals that make them feel really good. Because of this genetic programming, your dog is 100% going to seek out behaviors or activities that meet these internal drives that are telling them that they must do these things. And they're going to satisfy those urges, whether you provide outlets for them or not. This is why the 
husky who doesn't get run or at the bare minimum goes on a walk every day eventually takes out their frustration at not having their instinctual needs met on the couch and then you come home to a ripped up couch. So your dog will choose a displacement behavior to satisfy them in the absence of outlets for these primal urges that they have. So that's why enrichment is so important. And it's why it's important to know what breeds make up your dog or what um, breed is most prevalent or most heavily makes up your dog. Cause then you can get a good idea of what type of outlets are going to be best suited for them. Now, This doesn't mean, though, that if you have a herding breed, then you must do herding. Or if you have a bully breed, then you must play tug. What it does mean is that your dog will naturally want to do these things. And so it's up to you, really, to create a game or some way of interacting with them that in their world would allow them to express these natural desires to some capacity. So you don't have to stick to the common mold of what to do with the breed that you have. You can get creative. Just make sure that you're incorporating some aspect of these instinctual desires into the things that you're doing with them. So for Aslan's case, because she has two herding breed dogs, allowing them to chase and use their mouth, uh, pursue things, that's going to be something that she'll want to incorporate in her enrichment activities that she does with them. But make sure that you're choosing activities that are easy for you to carry out based on your schedule and your physical capabilities. Just because your dog has these genetic needs to chase something, it doesn't mean that you have to be running with them, right? So pick something that's going to be easy for you to carry out so that it's something that you can provide your dog on a daily basis and it's not something that's strenuous or stressful for you. Don't feel like you have to teach your dog fetch or you have to play tug with your dog. There are other ways to incorporate these actions like sniffing, chasing, hunting, pulling, whatever in unique ways or in uh, creative games. Now, how often your dog needs these outlets depends on the breed and the individual dog. Some dogs' genetics are not as strong as in They have the right genes that set them up to be a dog that wants to chase everything in sight, but that doesn't mean that they're guaranteed to act like that all the time. How a dog grew up and what environment it lives in and how essential that trait is in their genetics will impact the way that that dog acts. So some Australian Shepherds, since those are the dogs that are mentioned in our question, I'm going to keep talking about them. They will need chase outlets daily for, let's say, an hour. But others would be satiated of their genetic needs if they were just given a half hour of fetch every two days. It really is dependent on the dog. And so their genes and their temperament factor into this and affect how active that dog is, how much endurance they have, how alert they are generally. And all of these things are going to impact the frequency of needing these enrichment outlets. And then beyond breed-specific needs or genetically specific needs, all dogs in general need to be given opportunities to go explore and chew, uh, walk, run, sniff, 
just these are general things that provide enrichment for our dogs because it's things that they seek out as a species. And so these are other forms of enrichment that we can and should be providing them. So let's bring it back to Aslan's question. Now that we understand what we mean by meeting our dog's needs, she, again, she asks and is looking for enrichment activities her dogs can do during the day while she works so that she can make sure that she's meeting their daily needs and wants ideas that don't involve food. All right. So if you're providing your dog with enrichment activities after work, so when you get off of work, I don't find that dogs need these outlets during the day or most pet dogs don't need enrichment outlets during the day if you're providing them with outlets either before work or after work or both where you're doing it before you go to work and you're doing it later when you get off work. And the reason why I say that is if you have a dog that was purchased from a breeder that breeds working line dogs, then then that dog has all of the genetics that require you to give it proper physical and mental exercise throughout or at various times during the day. But what I most find is that the average dog owner or pet dog owner own dogs that have genetics that place them more kind of like in the middle zone of the intensity scale. Not too crazy, but also not couch potatoes. So actually, Aslan, I would advise you to take some pressure off yourself during the day. If your dogs are getting long walks with you in the evenings or you spend time playing with them like tug or fetch or any other scent work or things like that, then I'd say that you're definitely meeting their needs on a daily basis. Now, if you write back to me and you say, oh no, I did buy my dogs from someone who breeds high drive, working Australian shepherds, then that's a different story. But since I don't know, based on your question, I'm just going to assume that your dogs are kind of like the average of most pet dogs and that they do need outlets daily, but they don't need outlets multiple times throughout the day. They just need you to provide for them one or two times a day and that will satisfy their needs. Something that is also important that we talk about in regards to this question is that we also need to set aside time to teach our dogs to turn off or to settle themselves during the day and not constantly need or seek out things that occupy them. I know social media does a terrible job at showing and promoting the side of dog ownership that's fun and exciting and engaging because that's the type of content that other people want to watch. Who really wants to watch a video of a dog sleeping or relaxing on place or on the couch? Because that's just boring. You want to watch the video of the dog playing fetch or playing tug or playing with a flirt pole or sniffing out treats. You want to watch the video of the dog actively doing something. And because our media is saturated with that content, I don't think it's a large leap to assume that owners are experiencing pressure that they must provide these types of outlets for their dogs all the time. And if you do that, what you're essentially teaching your dog is that you need to be active in doing something constantly, that there is no benefit to you um, to rest or there's, I shouldn't say benefit. What I want as an owner from you is to be active. 
you're not going to receive any benefit from me when you're resting or you're relaxing. And so the dog is constantly trying to seek out things to do because that's the expectations it feels that the owner is putting on it. Now, I'm not saying this directly to you, Aslan. I'm just saying in general, what I find is, um, especially with the clients that I work with, a lot of owners feel that they need to constantly be providing some type of outlet or stimuli for their dog so that they're not getting the zoomies in the house or they're not tearing up the couch or they're not chewing on the table leg, things like that. They're like, okay, my dog needs to do something. Let me give it something to do. Obviously it needs to do something. That's why it's chewing on the table leg. What we miss though is teaching and coaching our dogs on how to actually be calm and be relaxed and feel good about doing that as well as feeling good when we get to do some enrichment and engagement activities. The relaxation and the calmness aspect needs to be in balance with the enrichment and fun time that we have or the active time that we have with our dogs. That's what creates a balanced dog, a dog that can turn off when it needs to and a dog that can turn on when it needs to. It has balance in its life of knowing, okay, now's the time for me to settle. Okay, now's the time for me to be active. It's what creates a nice, balanced, well-adjusted, well-even-tempered dog. So I challenge everyone listening to consider the ratio of how often your dogs are working, playing, even just pacing inside your house versus relaxing and resting. Because relaxing or turning off is actually very hard to do for most dogs. It's much easier, especially for working breeds like the Australian Shepherd, to be doing something and to be active. So actually asking them to be calm and to rest and turn off is going to be providing them a form of enrichment that is going to mentally exhaust them. So Aslan, to answer your question a little bit more, go back to your question, I wouldn't worry about during the day. If you're giving your two dogs outlets in the evenings after work or in the morning before work or both, then I wouldn't worry that you're not providing them with daily enrichment that meets their needs. You certainly are if you're giving them those outlets at the beginning or end or both each day. Now, if your dogs are used to working and getting enrichment multiple times throughout the day and then all of a sudden, based on the advice that I'm giving you on this podcast, you stop giving them that middle part of their day stuff, then they're going to have a hard time adjusting because they're used to getting those outlets. They're used to getting that physical energy out and mental energy out. And so completely cutting it out altogether is going to be wicked hard on them. So you'll probably have some misbehaving dogs if you just completely cut out that middle chunk of the day. So if you are giving them stimulation and outlets during the middle part of the day, then I would slowly cut that out. If you are going to be heeding my advice, I would slowly back off of that and not cut it out cold turkey because if you do, you'll probably have misbehaving dogs in your house and that would be more of a headache for you. (laughs) And then my advice will sound like crap. (laughs) It's like um, how I described in the first episode when I was turning my cattle dog into an Olympic athlete because I was giving him longer and longer bouts of exercise that 
eventually he would adapt to. And then in order for me to tire him out, we would have to exercise for even longer. So if I had just stopped walking him for a few days, because I was walking him for like one to two hours every evening, my house and my life would be absolute chaos because I just took a major physical outlet away from him that his body was prepared to exert for. And then I gave him nothing else to direct that energy into. And so gradual change is what you want to do if you're going to try and back off from providing constant, or not I shouldn't say constant, but frequent stimulation for your dogs during the day. All right, so let's shift back now to enrichment activities because that was the other half of your question. And a lot of them that are out there, you're right, they do involve food. I mean, actually most of them involve food because food meets a lot of criteria when you're trying to come up with an enrichment game or an enrichment activity for your dog. Food is motivating. So it makes our dogs want to do the activity. So check, we get our dog's engagement or participation in the game. Food, though, food though isn't so motivating that our dogs go balls to the wall for it. So it does allow them to think through the activity. Because food doesn't drive our dogs into the crazy red areas of the arousal spectrum, then we can use it to actually get them thinking because they're not going to be so crazy that they just run all over the place, try out anything without actually thinking through what it is that we're asking them to do. So food is something that kind of like caps how aroused a dog is and that limit on how excited it makes a dog allows us to use it in a way that gets them thinking more than just like physically doing things. And a lot of these enrichment activities do ask a dog to think. So that's where food check number two. That's why it's usually used in these enrichment activities. The activities themselves are designed for small area. A lot of pet owners want to do enrichment activities in a limited space. They want to do it inside their home, like in their living room or maybe in their kitchen or in a small yard area. And so, again, food is perfect for that. It is a thing that you can contain to a confined space. So, again, it's another reason why food is often used in these activities. And the activity itself, if the food is available throughout the activity, then it doesn't really require a lot of involvement from us except setup. So what we can do is we can set up the enrichment activity, release our dog to go do it, and then we can worry about doing whatever we need to be doing at that time and not have to be directly involved in the activity itself. And that's our final check for why food is most often used in these activities. It just meets a lot of criteria and checks a lot of boxes. And so it's really easy to utilize in these games. So it doesn't surprise me, Aslan, that when you went to look for enrichment activities to do with your dogs during the day while you're working, you're getting a ton of suggestions for food puzzles and Kongs, sniffy mats or boxes or bones, things like that, because you can set it up and you can walk away from it. 
It's motivating so your dogs will stay active in it, not so motivated that they're going to be going crazy inside your house, making a lot of noise, and they're activities that you can do in a small confined space. So they're perfect if you want to engage your dog in an activity while you occupy yourself doing something else, aka going back to work. Now, if you're worried about weight, like Aslan mentioned, one thing that you can do to overcome that issue is use these activities as your means of feeding your dogs. So instead of feeding them breakfast and dinner and lunch, if you feed a lunch out of bowls and then additionally feeding them extra food throughout the day through these games, what you can do instead is take their meals and use the food that you would allocate for each meal as the food that they earn through the games or through the enrichment activities. So that way they're not eating any extra food. They're eating the amount of food that they would eat on any given day. But you want to also be careful not to feed them constantly throughout the day. That really wrecks havoc on their digestive system. Dogs are not equipped to process food frequently throughout the day. Their system is designed to digest a large quantity of food consumed all at once. And it's not designed to constantly be churning and processing food over a long period of time. It can actually really damage their system. It's just not designed and set up to be able to handle that type of a load. So it's a good idea to use the food that you're going to feed your dog every day in the enrichment activities. Just make sure that you're only doing these activities a couple times during the day so that you're not really putting a lot of stress and pressure on their digestive system. I would say three to four times a day would be appropriate. And that would be a way for you to overcome the challenge of not overfeeding your dogs. Beyond these food-related activities, most other types of enrichment do require you to be more involved, which means that you can't necessarily do your work at the same time, unfortunately. Other enrichment activities that I would suggest to you in your specific dogs would involve teaching them how to chase and catch things. So fetch or retrieving items that are laid out on the floor to you or playing tug between you and your dog or playing go find it games where you hide a treat or a particular toy inside the home and you cue your dog to go sniff it out, go find it, um, creating an obstacle course of platforms and cardboard boxes, water bottles and newspapers and things like that for your dog to maneuver through to get to you with a toy or to get to you in order to get the toy that you have are all great games that I would recommend that you do. But again, they do require you to be an active participant. Um, another one that would be fun for your specific breed would be playing with a flirt pole, which is a stick that essentially has a rope tied to one end of it. And then at the end of that rope is a tug toy. So it looks like a fishing pole, but with a dog toy at the end of it instead of a hook. And these are great if you're not as mobile or you can't be um, as physically involved in playtime as your dog wants to be. You can stand in one spot holding the pole and drag the toy around on the ground in a circle or back and forth for your dog to chase after and then eventually they'll catch it and then you can repeat that 
again and again and again. But these games, like I'm mentioning, do require participation from you. The reason being is most dog toys aren't things that you can give your dog unsupervised. There are very limited toys out there that would be safe for your dog to chew on their own without direct supervision, just because a lot of toys are made out of materials where your dog can rip a piece off or chew a piece off, and then you have the risk of your dog ingesting something that could cause a blockage and stuff like that. And just chewing on something alone is a form of enrichment, but it's not going to fully satiate the type of dogs that you have. That's not going to be the enrichment activities that's going to meet their needs 100%. So all of these do require your attention. And if you have to devote your attention to your work during the day, then they are going to be hard for you to carry out. All in all, to answer your question, I have these suggestions to offer you. Number one, take some pressure off of yourself to provide enrichment during the day if you're providing it in the evenings after work or in the mornings before work or both. Your dogs need to be able to cope with boredom and learn how to switch off. If you're playing with them or walking them and doing games like these at night or in the morning or both, then you're being an excellent dog parent and you are providing them with proper enrichment on a daily basis. Number two, use the food from their meals as the food in the enrichment games to manage their food intake and prevent that weight gain. Number three, Play search and find or retrieve games with toys if you want to avoid food-related enrichment activities while still providing proper fulfillment for your pups. They're not games that require so much involvement from you. Essentially, the toy goes out there, they go get it, and they bring it back, and you really don't have to move or do anything else besides just sit there and take it (laughs) when they come back or play a little bit of a, a tug game if you want to get more actively involved when they do bring it back to you. But that's an easy game that you can play. That's something that doesn't require you to be as actively involved. And number four, choose activities or come up with activities that are breed appropriate. They will offer you the best chance at meeting your dog's breed specific needs and fulfilling them both mentally and physically. You don't have to play tug with a bully breed. You can play fetch or search and find it games, those are going to satisfy them. I just find that owners have an easier time getting their dogs to love the game and want to play it when it does incorporate breed specific behaviors. So in your case, Aslan, then I would definitely include things that involve chasing, catching, or retrieving. Aslan, I hope I answered your question fully and provided you with some options to consider. I'm sorry if I've absolutely butchered your name throughout this episode. I really do try my best. Team, if you do enrichment activities with your dog, share what they are in the Facebook group so we can crowdsource ideas for Aslan. If you have a question like Aslan did and want me to cover it in an episode, the best way to let me know is by hopping into the My Canine Coach private Facebook group and posting it in there. Or you can always email me at caninecoachdana at gmail.com. I love getting questions like this and I want to hear more from you guys. If you liked this episode and found some value in it, share it with a fellow dog owner and then subscribe them to the show so that their phone beeps when new episodes drop. If you want to get in touch with me about training, the best way to do that is by visiting my website, 
myk9coach.com and then requesting a consultation. All of the links that I just mentioned are in the show notes. If you want to further support the show, the best way to do that is by writing a review so that Apple, Spotify, or Google know that you like it and then they will suggest it to more people on their platform. That's it for this episode. I'll see you next time. Loki and I are going to do some cool dog stuff. <laughs> <laughs>